Hello and welcome to the Film Pulse Podcast. This is episode number 490. My name is Adam Patterson. With me today, we've got Kevin Rakestraw. Hey, Kevin. Hey, how's it going? Uh, going pretty well. You know, no, no, no complaints on my end. This week on the show, we'll be talking about No One Will Save You, which is available now on Hulu. We'll also be going over some of what we've been watching on the watch list and this week's new releases in theaters, VOD and Blu-ray. Thank you so much for tuning in. Uh, new Save by the 90s, as I mentioned last week, it is, we're going to be doing a fantasy, fantasy comedies. Uh, I'm still working on the edit on that. We have it recorded, so stay tuned for that. Uh, also, we're, we have the lineup done for our Halloween episode very excited for that so stay tuned let's talk about no one will save you uh i have a synopsis here a a young woman who's been alienated from her community finds herself in a face-off against a host of extraterrestrial beings who threaten her future while forcing her to deal with her past this is directed by brian duffield uh Kevin, we'll start with you. What were your initial impressions of No One Will Save You? Um, uh, man, I was kind of excited for this, I gotta say. You know, a bit of a horror movie with a an extraterrestrial lean to it. And you know, in the in the setup of like a like a home invasion movie. So all of those three things I enjoy. So putting them all together like oh man i'm definitely interested i'm definitely down to watch this and i gotta say the way in which it starts is pretty much kind of what i was envisioning right kind of what i was thinking and then man just took a lot of turns that i did not foresee or did did not expect Mm -hmm. and i say that while not all of them worked for me it was enough that like it kind of threw me off balance uh, relatively early on that I kind of like, you know, buckled in. I was like, okay, well, I, I don't know what the hell this movie's going to be doing. This, and, this movie's zagging when you think it's going to be zigging. Yeah, I was thinking zig most of the time, and mm-hmm. it just kept zagging. Yeah. And then I was like, okay, it's zagging, so I'm going to expect a zag. Then it zigged, Adam. Yeah, all over the place wild and for the most part i enjoyed it because i appreciated that like it started to lose me a little bit towards the end because it started zigging and zagging a bit too much for me Mm -hmm. getting a little getting a little whiplash right (laughs) but getting getting uh, a little exhausted yeah but i mean overall this was this was surprising like i i fully expected this movie to be kind of eh and marginally entertaining and it was more than that. Yeah. So kudos. Yeah. Completely agree with you. I didn't really know a ton about this going into it. All I knew is that it did star Caitlin Deaver and that it was aliens invading her home. Like that's, that's really all I knew. I don't, I don't even, I think I saw part of the trailer, but not even the whole trailer. Maybe I saw like a teaser or something or just like an ad for it or something. So, yeah, I didn't really have any idea or expectations going into this. Um, I was kind of just hoping for a uh, just an alien type movie. I, I like the the idea of 
uh, you know, this young woman going up against aliens invading her home. Like that, I was I was sold yeah. on that premise alone. Um, and then where the, where it goes and what it is, uh, yeah, it's definitely a lot more than that. I think that th- the the main thing that you that should be discussed first of all is that there's no dialogue in this movie. There's like one line of dialogue in the entire movie, which is that's that was a surprise right off the bat. You know, yeah, like, I was not expecting that. I was like ten minutes in, and I'm like, is this? is this going to be a dialogue free movie? And it, it almost, it almost is, which I thought that that was kind of refreshing in and of itself that a mainstream kind of, you know, sci-fi movie like this would, would take that kind of risk in presenting a movie with no dialogue. And not only that, but like some of the, some of the, places that it goes and some of the the angles that it takes are not conventional at all like Mm-mm. the the ending is unconventional uh the like the the set pieces and what happens is not conventional for like a typical alien invasion type movie uh so i was very surprised with this i thought caitlin deaver did a really great job in this mm-hmm. role i think she's a she's a great actor like bar like by in normal roles but the fact that she was able to um you know give us so much of this character and allow allow us to like know who this character is without her saying any anything um i think that that just uh is a testament to to her abilities as an actor i liked the creature design i thought that the aliens looked cool um I thought they maybe could have done a little bit more practical effects. That's something that I will probably always say if, you know, if if there's a lot of CG used. I got to say, though, going into this, you know, this being kind of like a, you know, not that hyped up dropped on Hulu. Like, I kind of had an expectation of like, okay, there'll probably be a lot of... uh, off screen not, like shadow yeah, type lot, stuff. A ton, yeah, a, a ton of that, right? Yeah. But man, I was pretty pretty surprised by oh, yeah. the creature design, but also a lot of the just like the effects were Oh yeah. It's it's some, w- some of the stuff that they staged where I was way, like, Oh dude. Yeah. yeah. Way bigger. Way bigger than I expected. I mean you got explosions in here, like it the the scale is way more than I expected. I thought that this yeah. was going to be pretty much just taking place in her house and that's it. And for the most part, it does like it, it largely takes place in her house, but she does leave her house at some point and, and like it does get larger in, in scale. And, um, I, yeah, I was, I was pretty, pretty impressed with all of the special effects. I liked that there were different types of aliens. I thought that was a cool mm-hmm. little addition where it wasn't just the same, alien um and and you know the design of them it is they it's sort of cribs from what we think of when we think of like the kind of gray extraterrestrials with the big eyes and stuff like so it's, it's sort of a play on that that design yeah. but they do some really interesting things with it like specifically like the big one the big spider mm-hmm. looking one um and and like the the way that they like kind of communicate and stuff is very, it's like, it's like that they, they actually took time to figure out 
how they want, like what they wanted with this like species, if that makes sense. Like they, they figured yeah, they actually, out. actually like them out a yeah, little bit. The, you like, know, like it doesn't, you can't decipher it, so to speak, but you know that there's something there. It's more than just a creature attacking people or taking over their bodies or something, you know, something like that. There's actually like different components and they have different ways of communicating and different things that like they have different goals that that seem apparent like they're you know abducting some people and taking over bodies and then there's like those crap or the like spider things that are like or like the worm things that like go inside of you so oh, it, yeah the it, koosh ball the koosh ball yeah like the sea anemone things like those those are great by the way uh love that design very creepy and i, I guess that that will lead me to the next thing is that I thought that the the scares in this, the horror elements, were quite well done. Like it's creepy. Like there's some really cool shit that happens in this. That one scene when she first goes outside and you see the eyes glowing that that are like kind of peeking. Mm-hmm. It's not in focus. It's in the background, and it's like one of those things where you might even miss it if you're not paying attention. I love that that kind of shit in in these movies, and I thought that, that was such a great scene and just all of the scenes of her in the house hiding while it is kind of moving around through the house and stuff. Very, very well done. I thought. Oh yeah. I know. I, I thoroughly appreciated how this movie kind of started. Uh, cause it kind of struck close to home for me and my wife. Cause we have this, like, as soon as you go outside, go down the back steps, there's this weird ring of dead grass. Oh, it's not, that it's like a it's like a circle, but it's not completely mm-hmm. closed. It, it's pretty much exactly like it is in the movie, which is like the first thing that she sees, right? Yeah. Where she's like, "Oh, that's fucking weird." Yeah. And me and my wife just looked at each other like, "What the fuck?" <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah, it's. A- I'm, I'm sure it's just grubs, but. Yeah. It is cool now to think like, oh, it's probably fucking aliens. I bet you. Yeah, probably. It's aliens. But also towards the end of this movie, because like this, this thing also just escalated to different levels than I was expecting. Like it just got, it got more and more unconventional. Like you said at the outset there, where it kind of reminded me of, um, what was, uh, fire in the sky. Mm hmm where it kind of gets like deranged towards the end. Yeah. I'm just like, I don't don't know what the fuck I'm watching anymore. Cause this is like a different movie almost entirely now. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It gets, it gets pretty wild. It gets almost weird, almost weird Mm -hmm. by the end. Yeah. It was was unsettling. Cause it's like, we are so far from where we started. (laughs) You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. It was, it was really cool. Um, I, I gotta say I was, I was pretty surprised by this. I was kind of, I had like a hankering for this, this type of movies. And and I think that it really did a good job of delivering and it's PG 13 too. So, you know, it's, it's not uber violent or anything like that. Like, you know, teenagers could easily see it or like younger kids, not young, young kids, but I I think that there's always, there's always space for a good PG 13 horror movie. Oh, little me saw this. I've been scared of fucking. I know. Death. Yeah, same here. I I couldn't watch X Files. You imagine me trying to watch this shit? I mean, I still think like for me because I did see Fire in the Sky when I was a kid, and it 
scared the absolute shit out of me. I think the fire in the sky is mm, actually now that I think about it, it's really just that one scene in fire in the sky, you know, the abduction scene, everything, like everything else in fire in the sky is pretty like dry, but this, this movie definitely has more, more scares per minute, you know, than something like fire in the sky. But I still think the fire in the sky is more intense. The, uh, the, the abduction scene. Oh yeah. hundred percent. I think, I think fire in the sky is rated PG by the way. <laughs> I think it's like, uh, Which is insane. yeah, I think, I think that it is like, I could be wrong about that, but I seem to remember it being uh, PG 13. Maybe it got re-rated anyway. I can see that. It, it almost has uh, a quiet place vibes at the beginning, uh, but oh, I, yeah. it has a it has a lot of vibes. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like you can you like like I said, fire in the sky. I think you have some of that in there. Oh, you sure. definitely have a quiet place in there. There's definitely that. Uh, there's a couple of things. There's a couple of different movies in here. You yeah. know what I mean. And also like home invasion thriller type movies. I mean, it is. It is a home invasion movie, at least at the beginning. You know, the onset is is definitely a home invasion style movie. Yeah. But so, it's definitely not that at the end. No, no. It, it becomes something completely it, yeah, different. Yeah. Uh, I'm not really familiar with this director. He did Spontaneous, which I never saw. I liked the idea of Spontaneous, where it was like people, uh, kids exploding. <laughs> like, I think that that's kind of funny. But uh, I never saw it. I should see it, actually, now that I enjoyed this one. Yeah, because that is a wild uh, synopsis. Yeah. Uh, all right, let's go ahead and give this a score. I'm sitting at like a seven and a half on No One Will Save You. I'm sitting at like a seven, seven and a half, which is wild because like after after I watched it, like always immediate response was just like, yeah, that wasn't that wasn't bad. Yeah, I enjoyed that, but it's been sticking with me. Yeah, it is, I think it is a movie that that sticks with you i i don't know i don't know necessarily know if the rewatch factor is very high on a movie like this but i also think that it is a movie that that you will remember by the end of the year you know like it, it, it's a movie that that i think will will stick with you but I, there is another part of me too that's just like i mean i appreciate that it's on hulu right but it's also wild that it's on hulu so i'm like I feel like this would kill in a theater. Oh, so do I. I mean, I didn't know. Uh, like, I mean, sound obviously plays a huge factor in this. We didn't even mention that. Like, not only is it dialogue free, but, you know, as a result, everything else is kind of heightened. So, like, the sounds that the aliens make, uh, especially when it's like kind of when she's like hiding from it and you hear it like walking and making its like little clicking noises and stuff, like, the sound is ec- excellent. And I think that in a theater setting, like you said, like this, this would be very successful. Just a, just a bummer. Yeah. But there it is. It's on Hulu. Yeah. So you can check it out there. Uh, definitely recommend it. Uh, good, good entry for, um, you know, the hollow, the kicking off the Halloween season. I think again, that's oh, yeah. no one will save you. All right, let's talk about some of what we've been watching. Uh, I think that it is my turn this week. I will kick things off with another horror movie. Um, pretty much, 
I have some non-horror movies this week, but moving forward, I'll probably be talking about a lot of horror movies up, up until Halloween. Um, I saw The 100, which is a uh, a Thai horror film. This is coming out very soon in the U.S. I think it's coming out next month. Uh, this is about a um, a hotel where uh, the the guests are most of the guests are in quarantine. This is this is set during COVID. And I guess in Thailand, uh, any any visitors into the country were required to quarantine for two weeks. So uh, this it was ba- basically a busload of travelers. They all have to quarantine in this kind of old hotel. And uh, un- unfortunately, um, there is a monster centipede that is loose in the hotel and killing and infecting the guests of the hotel. So this is a creature feature that it's kind of a twofer. One is swarms of centipedes that are killing people. And two is a giant centipede that is able to like inhabit your body and take over your body. Sort of like the thing. So it's a it's a cross between the thing and you know any kind of like like any of those other creature features like worms or uh, arachnophobia or one of those. Uh, it's not a very good movie. Like it's it's not super well made, but I had a blast with it. I find centipedes to be extremely off putting. Like I would oh, rather yeah. I would rather see snakes. I would rather see spiders pretty much anything over centipedes. Those are like the worst to me, the giant ones. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I just, I, I can't stand centipedes, man. They just make my skin crawl. And this movie is chock full of centipedes, killing people, eating them, taking over their bodies. Um, so yeah, for me, I was very, uh, I was just squirming the whole time. Uh, so I had a really good time with this. It's it's very fun. Not necessarily like a great movie or anything, but um, I had a really good time with it. It's called The 100. However, the U.S. release, they changed the title to Creepy Crawly, which is not good. <laughs> so uh, I love it. I will I will call it The 100. It's also how you'll find it on Letterboxd. Yes, yes. So that's helpful. Um, I watched the Turts. Oh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. All right, watch them turtles. Uh, little, little mutant mayhem. Little mutant mayhem. There's you were right. So many mutants. They just like they have all of them. Yeah, chock, all right there. Chock full of mutants. Just all of them. All of them there. And I gotta say, I thoroughly enjoyed this. Like I thought this was a nice balance of. Like, there's enough elements for people like me and you, right? Where it's not... Like, this movie isn't, like, just completely fueled by nostalgia. Right. Right? Yeah. Like, they did a great job of having, like, actual kids voice the, the turtles. Mm-hmm. And they have, like, a lot of modern things in there that you can... You know, like, you're playing towards, like, a new audience. But there's still, like, just enough of, like, nostalgic thing, like the Like, the soundtrack. Mm-hmm. And, like the characters themselves and stuff like enough for like people like us where it's like yeah these are these are the turtles but it's not it's not the same turtles you know what i mean 
but it's enough that it's like this is what i liked about them when i was a little kid like i don't need you to take the turtles into like nostalgia land for me to get back into them yeah that's what that's one of the things that i liked a lot about it and i just i love the like the art style of it because it's like kind of i don't want to say it's not good because it is good it's just not um it's like it's like it's like, uh, it's, like rough, it's like rough around the edge. Of, like it's not. It's like sketches. Almost. Yeah, yeah. It's not it's, like super clean. It's deliberately rough. Edges. Yeah, yeah. I like. Uh, yeah, I, think, I like that a lot. I think it played well with like everything that it was going for. It just everything worked in harmony. I thought. Yeah, I, I agree. I had a really good time with with that. Good stuff. Who knew? Yeah. Who knew? Mutant Mayhem. Like, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. I'm not gonna like these turtles. And I like these turtles. Yeah, I, I mean, them. like you know, they they've rebooted the this the franchise. Like, how many times there? You know, there was like the there was like that one animated one that came out a few years ago, and I don't know, man. Like, I just like none of them really worked for me entirely. But I feel like this one was the one that really captured the vibes. I guess it just depends on what you're going for. You know, if you're going for like the classic kind of the cartoon comic or well the comic books were actually a little bit different but if you're going for like the 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 80s like cartoon action figure vibe or if you're going for the more kind of live action the the original live action turtles movie which was like decidedly darker than you know the cartoon the original cartoon so yeah it just depends on which which way you want to go with it yeah I like this. I like fun turtles. Yeah, I, I think I think it works better, you know. Uh, all right. I saw Bottoms. This is directed by Emma uh, Seligman. This is a uh, high school comedy, coming-of-age comedy. You have uh, two, two high schoolers who they start a fight club in their high school in order to hook up with these two... Um, these two cheerleaders that they like. Uh, but as it turns out, this, this fight club that they create, um, you know, uh, is, it turns out to be much more, you know, they, they form lasting bonds and friendships with these, um, young women. And, and it's a, a way to empower the women that are in the, in the group as well. Uh, but there's, you know, some infighting and then there's some, some, truths that come out people find out that the reason that they only made the fight club was to hook up with these two girls and like you know things get fractured and stuff it's um it's quite good i enjoyed this it it is you know it kind of reminded me a little bit of book smart you know it's it's sort of your typical high school you know r-rated teen comedy um but it is slightly more askew it's slightly weirder it's slightly um like more um like self-aware than your your kind of typical high school comedies uh i i thought it was very funny i liked it quite a bit um big big shout outs to marshawn lynch in this (laughs) he plays he plays the one of their teachers who becomes an advisor on because they, they need like a, a teacher as an advisor for any club. 
in order for it to be like official. So he becomes their advisor on the on the Fight Club, and uh, he's so funny in this. Uh, so yeah, I definitely recommend checking out Bottoms. It's it's pretty good. I might have to check that out. Oh yeah, I think you'll. I definitely think you'll like it. Wonderful. Uh, I saw Graham Mason's Inspector Ike from 2020. This is on Mubi. Is uh like an American indie comedy. We're talking indie indie, you know, low level stuff. And uh, this is kind of like modeled after. It's kind of like a send up of like 70s detective shows. Like it's even billed as like like the way it's introduced is like oh this week's episode is such and such. So this is like part of a series. And with that being said, it feels like I would really, really enjoy this show. Like, I would love this show. But the episode that I saw, which is the movie Inspector Ike, is not the best episode, if that makes sense. Like, I feel like there's other iterations of this movie that are like, yeah, they nail everything, and I love it. This is like, yeah, this is pretty good. I would watch more of this. But there isn't more of it. Mm. But for what it is, it was it was enjoyable enough for the time that I spent with it. It was, it was just a silly time. Just a silly time. Yeah, I'm definitely interested in this. Uh, I oh, you, you're going to enjoy this. Because so- it's just a ridiculous, like, murder mystery. But, like, you know how everything plays out. It's just a matter of Inspector Ike, like, figuring it all out. And he does a recipe of the week. So there's, like, a 20-minute... Uh, detour where it's just him cooking chili and he gives <laughs> you the recipe like how to make it <laughs> yeah uh, I mean, which, I mean. Which is like the thing of the show it's like get your recipe card ready because this week's recipe is chili and sure enough they deliver they give you a chili recipe it, it sounds like uh it sounds like black dynamite or something like that which by the way <laughs> yeah. outlaw outlaw johnny black is finally coming out that's michael jai white's the western uh, like black exploitation western one that that's he's he made finally coming out this month finally coming out yeah I'm very excited for that yeah if you're if you're into that kind of thing you'll like Inspector I yep adding this to my list I saw send it by Andrew Stevens uh, this is uh, this was kind of a joke watch really um like i said i had family in town and i found out about this movie from somebody who works at a surf shop locally and they were telling me that this movie was shot here and uh, oh speaking of michael dry white he's in this um <laughs> so this this is uh it's a it's a movie it's a sports movie it's about kite surfing and it is uh the most horrific uh poorly acted poorly scripted poorly shot thing that you will see i I don't know maybe this is the worst thing i've seen in quite a while it's it's so dreadfully bad uh basic it's it, it plays out like your typical sports movie where you have this like young guys in Texas and he's like really good at kite surfing, but he's not like a pro or anything yet. And he gets the chance to go to like this big tournament in the outer banks. And he, he goes and like his girlfriend breaks up with him. And then like he meets this other girl and kind of falls in love with her. And then there's like the, 
the big rival that he has to go up against. And it's just like your typical sports movie. Um, no, nothing really deviates from, from that aside from a few like really weird choices that they would make. Like when, when the love interest is first introduced, uh, she, she tries to pull the old dine and dash and the, the cooks at this like diner catch her, but then they don't like, just catch her and be like, Oh, you got to pay or whatever. They act like they're actually going to assault her, like sexually assault her. And it's so weird. And it's so out of left field that this, this scene occurs. Uh, It's a, just a weird movie, uh, very poorly made and I can't recommend it at all. It's called send it. I will say though, it's shot like literally uh, like a minute away from my house uh, walking. It's like practically across the street. So that's cool. Awesome. Uh, I watched a movie that was not shot anywhere close to where I live, and that's Wolfgang Peterson's The Perfect Storm from 2000. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Perfect Storm, George Clooney, Mark Bolberg, Diane yep. Lane, Nancy Riley. The, oh, the, the harrowing true story. Yep. And I got to say, going into this, you know, Wolfgang Peterson, so I'm kind of amped, right? But I'm also there's some trepidation because i'm like man how's this gonna look three years later you know what i mean because like the whole thing is like this perfect storm you know it all takes place on the ocean like all the action right right i'm like what's that gonna look like once in 2023 and i gotta say it still looks fucking good it looks real good Uh, the only thing yeah it holds up it looks great the only thing that doesn't hold up is anything that's not the action which there's a lot of it because the storm doesn't happen until like an hour into this movie. It's yeah. wild. Just a lot of lead up and the acting is not good. It is bad. Uh, George Clooney is terrible in this movie. Hmm. Just like, I didn't believe him for a second as a captain because he's just doing like Clooney. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like this is back in the day where it was just like, you got to get Clooney in a movie. He's going to get butts and seats. And then he yeah. shows up like George he's is he he's a little thing. too glossy you know he's a little too suave yeah, too charismatic and he's, acting, and he's just acting like himself you know what i mean like he doesn't do yeah. anything else we need he's like a george we need a gruff racist fisherman that's what we need they got george clooney playing george and he does a good george it's him you know what i mean he's 10 out of 10 as a george clooney yeah, type clooney. who does it better uh but there's there's some other things too. There's one in particular, one scene where like the Coast Guard is saving people, and the line deliveries from these two guys are just like the worst I've ever seen. It's just so bad. It's just jarring because it was like in the middle of this awesome action sequence, then all of a sudden it was like a parody. And you're just like, what the fuck is happening? <laughs> mm. But man, the action stuff like as soon as that shit kicked off. Oh, I was on the edge of my seat the whole time. You knew how it ended, right? Or did you know? Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. No, I had, I had an idea. This was like that was the bi- that was like one of the big bummers. Like for me, is that like I, I knew what happened because it was like I, I think that that movie came out not not too long after it it actually occurred, right? Yeah, which is which is kind of wild though because I'm like, man, they're they're gonna end this movie. 
like you, you know what I mean? Like you don't necessarily expect that from like a big Hollywood production. You're like, well, surely they're gonna rewrite this shit, and Wahlberg is gonna show up on a dock, and Diane Lane's gonna jump in his arms, and all that shit. You know what I mean? Yeah. But no, well, they straight up die. They're dead. <laughs> well, I think it would be weird if they did have them survive like if i was th- if i was the family oh, yeah. if i was the family oh, yeah, been, i'd be like what it, the it would have been extreme f- yeah it would have been extremely insulting cool well that's uh the perfect storm from 2000 wow that feels that makes me feel old that that came out in 2000 yeah 2000 buddy uh the last one that i'll mention is aporia this is directed by jared moshe uh this is a this is a light sci-fi movie it's a time travel movie. It's more of like kind of a, almost like a love story in a way. Uh, what you have here is Judy Greer plays a, a woman who loses her husband to a, a drunk driver. Um, and this is a year has passed and her, her husband was a, he was a physicist and she gets contacted or she still stays in touch with their their family friend this guy who um is he's also a physicist and it turns out that he and her husband before he died were working on building a time machine and this guy finishes the time machine now this isn't like a conventional time machine basically what this does is it you you pick a date and like an uh, an exact location and it shoots a uh some sort of particle back in time and it's, it's essentially a bullet so what they can do is they can essentially send a bullet back in time and kill whoever they want as long as they know exa- exactly where that person will be at a specific date and time so wow. what they do is they they figure out where the guy is who killed her husband and they use this time machine and kill him. And instantly her husband comes back and, you know, she, she tells him about, you know, oh the time machine was successful. You were actually dead, all this stuff. And so, so the rest of the movie is just them deciding like, okay, like, do we continue to use this? Like, what are the ramifications? Like, what if, you know, what if we use it and something really terrible happens to like just our reality, you know? And, you know, some, some crazy stuff does happen because <laughs> spoiler, they do continue to use it. Um, it's very interesting. It's, it's very like kind of lo-fi in that there's not like lots of, there's no special effects at all, actually. So it's, it's very much like, um, like primer in that regard where, it all feels very grounded despite it being kind of a, you know, a theoretical science type of movie. Um, but yeah, I quite liked it. It's, it's pretty good. So yeah, but I would give it a light recommend. Check out Aporia. It's on VOD. All right, let's take a look at what we have in theaters this week. Got Saul 10 coming out. Wow. Yeah. You know, they, they, they tried something different with the whole, the Chris Rock one. And I guess they were like, Hey, you know, that, that didn't really work. Let's go back to the, the old standard here and, uh, you know, bringing, bringing the old regular jigsaw back and returning to the original franchise. 
Uh, this one looks bad, but I'm sure that I will probably not see it in the theater, but I'll I'll check it out. I've seen all the Soul movies. Yeah, you're not going to stop now. Nah, no. no you're way. too invested. Yeah. I mean, I like the Saw movies for the most part. I, I recognize that they're not good. They're not good movies. Uh, in fact, most of them are very bad, but they're still enjoyable. Like, I, I like the like how ridiculous, how ridiculously convoluted the series got because they, they wrote themselves into multiple corners and then they have to do all these crazy gymnastics to get themselves out of it and like you know <laughs> retcon everything so it's it's kind of fun you know it's bad but fun bad uh also we have the creator coming out this is the uh the sci-fi one from uh, gareth edwards i'm actually really interested in this uh the world building in this looks insane i'm very excited to see how the world building uh, plays out in this one. Yeah. Um, and I think there was another one. Dick's the musical is coming out as well. Oh uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Classic. Uh, let's see on VOD this week, starting with the 25th, we have Scooby-Doo and crypto two. And that's not crypto with a C, that's crypto with a K. That's the like the super dog. So this is like a DC movie thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, yep. Looks bad. On the 26th, we have Sniper Grit. Sniper Grit. Global, not- what is it? G- Global Response Intelligence Team. So oh, there you yeah. go. That's the next... Uh, Next entry into the thrilling sniper series on long running sniper series. It's just what a title sniper colon acronym dash. Yeah. Explain what the acronym is. (laughs) I just like calling it sniper grit because the the poster does not have a colon. No. So I just like that. Yeah. Sniper grit. Uh, We also have the beasts coming out. Uh, and then on the 29th, we got Warrior Strong, Deliver Us, we got Muzzle, The Reeducation of Molly Singer, and 57 Seconds. Mm-hmm. That's like a action sci-fi movie from the looks of it. Uh, yeah, so I'll probably check out Deliver Us, even though I don't know anything about it and it's probably horrible. I'll also be checking out the beasts. I'm interested in that one as well. Heard good things I, about I, the beasts. I had to look up 57 seconds. Oh yeah, this is this is something else. So that poster. So you got Josh Hutcherson. It's got a it's got a very early 2000s vibe to it. That yep. poster. So, so it's Josh Hutcherson and Morgan Freeman, which is wow. Directed by the guy that did. Tales from the Hood and Fear of a Black Cat. It's just interesting. Yeah, that's uh, just an interesting trifecta. Yeah, that is okay. All right. I I'm slightly like I have that on my on my watch list, so I'm like kind of curious about it. I'm glad it's going to be on VOD because I really I can't imagine you know seeing it. 
seeing oh, that post tells he was born for VOD. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, I don't know. We'll uh, we'll we'll see how that one goes. I can't wait to hear your thoughts on fifty-seven seconds. Is it time travel? Is it my? It's about oh, a time-altering device. So yeah, kind of yeah, kind of kind of time travelly. Right. He finds a mysterious ring that takes him back fifty-seven seconds into the past. Oh boy. Watch is it, out. Is that enough time? I don't know. We'll have to see. We'll have to it's, see. <laughs> it'd be funny if it wasn't. Just <laughs> you can't do anything. <laughs> it's just not enough time to actually do anything. So it's completely pointless. Because there's, like there's like a refractory period. Like when you go back to 57 seconds, 54 of those seconds <laughs> yeah. is just you recovering. <laughs> I like that idea of a, of a time machine that can only go back two seconds. <laughs> and it literally just gives you nothing. Like you can't even, you can't even like avoid a sneeze or anything. It's just, oh my God. On Blu-ray this week, we got a blade in the dark coming out in 4K. I'm going to check that out. That's a, I think that might be a Giallo. It's from 1983. Uh, we have Natural Born Killers coming out in 4K. We got Amazon Jail and Amazon Jail 2 from uh, 1982 and 1987, respectively. So he gets, uh, sounds like uh, women in prison films there. We got Thunderbolt and Lightfoot from 1974 coming out in 4K. The Train from 1964. I think moving forward, I'm just not going to mention 4K and just will assume that it's 4K because like pretty much everything nowadays is, is coming out in 4K. Yeah. Yeah. Got my bloody Valentine from 1981. I I still know what you did last summer from 98. Uh, Let's see what else we got here. Looks like Ghostbusters is coming out with a, a double pack. So it's one Ghostbusters one and two. Um, oh, the old double pack. Yep. Limited edition reprint. It says. Ah. Elemental is coming out. Uh, that's the uh, the Pixar one that looks pretty boring. Private Crimes from nineteen ninety three. What is that? I'm gonna I'm gonna tab that one. Cats Don't Dance from nineteen ninety seven. Animated Warner Brothers animated. School of Rock getting a new release. The Fifth Elements coming out in 4K. That's also a limited edition reprint. What I don't know what that means. Limited edition rep- reprint of what? Like the the it's Blu-ray? The, like it doesn't even. I don't get that. Probably it's just like a second edition. You know, like hey, we ran out the first time through. We're gonna print like 200 more. Yeah, you guys weird. just clamoring for it. Uh, Halloween H2O. Getting a new release. The Doom Generation from 1995. Big fan of that one. Very 90s. Uh, Death in Brunswick from 1991. Carlito's Way is coming out on Arrow. This is a limited edition. I still have not seen that movie. Oh, man. And you know what? I'm never going to. (laughs) I I just had that realization. I'm like... Because I was like, oh, I should watch that. And then I immediately responded in my head, no, you're not. So I just need to come to terms with that. I'm never going to watch Carlito's Way. Uh, who knows? I would never say never. You know, it, it might come up. You might just have a hankering for a classic 90s yeah. crime thriller. I guess, I guess 
I'm telling you to you can bookmark this. That way, if I ever do watch it, you can you can throw this back in my face. Okay. Well, I mean, it's a good movie, at least from what I remember. It's been a long, long time, so. I'm sure it is. I'm sure it's a perfectly fine movie. I just have no interest. Ah, I understand that. That's perfectly understandable. Uh, it looks like uh, Dario Argento's Tenebrae is getting a new release. Oh, man. A lot of horror movies coming out. I'm sure this is the, the you know, we're, we're entering Halloween season now, so got tons of things coming out here, including The Abomination, uh, Rat Man from 1988. Rat Man. Rat Man. Uh, an Eternal Combat. An Eternal Combat from 1991. Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon, getting that other, that limited edition reprint <laughs> treatment. Um, we Kill for Love. Got Re- Replicator. Replicator from 1998. Uh, g- give Me Pity. Oh my God, there's a huge number of movies coming out this week. Uh, Night Chills from 2001. Identikit from 1974. Will Your Heart Beat Faster from 1980. The Defilers. A Smell of Honey, A Swallow of Brine. Uh, I think that's two different movies. So The Defilers is one movie, and then A Smell of Honey, A Swallow of Brine is another movie. Uh, wild titles on those two. I'm not sure what those Ooh. are. So, I don't know about that movie. Smell of Honey, A Swallow of Brine. Is it a porn? <laughs> yeah. It, Sarah, it sounds like Sharon, a porn. Yeah. Sharon is a young office worker who sexually seduces and then cries rape on various men uh yeah that's a an agfa release so yeah that that, those sound like uh they're probably porn movies um what else do we got here holy fucking shit lords of dogtown getting a new release the equalizer that's the 2014 one (laughs) story of a cloistered nun from 1973 got some nunsploitation coming out Am I still looking at the same day? Holy, f- there, there's like hundreds of releases. I can't. All right, I'm just going to end it there. Because um, this is just too much. Uh, what do we have on Criterions this week? Oh, we got two. First is La Bamba from 1987. This is one of those movies that was just constantly playing on Fox in the afternoons. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. one of those Fox afternoon movies. Sure was. On the weekends. Yeah. Lou Diamond Phillips, La Bamba. And the other criterion, I don't understand this. I don't get it. Uh, Moon Age Daydream, mm. which is like a some sort of like music documentary about David Bowie. Mm-hmm. 2022. Yeah. I've never heard of this movie. And I don't know what the fuck it is, but it's on Criterion. Like, I don't, I've never heard anything about this movie. I've never heard anyone mention this, but all of a sudden it's just on the Criterion channel or Criterion collection. I've heard of it, but not yeah, it definitely didn't get much uh hype when it came out. Yeah. Bizarre. Cool. Well, I think that that's going to do it for this week. Thank you so much for listening. You can send us your questions and topics to podcast@filmpulse.net and if you could give us a review on iTunes that'd be great. For Kevin Rakestraw, my name's Adam Patterson. We'll see you next week.